It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to Monday's edition of the programme with John Paul and Sadie taking your calls at 1850-333-103 and texts already starting to come in. You can WhatsApp as well, please, to 0862-103-103. But I want to start this morning with a West Cork supermarket who has pleaded with shoppers to refrain from verbally abusing staff members. Scally Supervalue in Clonakilty took to social media over the weekend in an attempt to highlight the ongoing issue of customers, some customers, failing to comply with the COVID-19 regulations and then becoming verbally abusive when asked by the staff to adhere to the hygiene and safety measures. To find out more, I'm joined by the owner of uh, Scally Supervalue in Clonakilty and that's Eugene Scally. Good morning to you, Eugene. Good morning, Patricia. And How are you? I'm, well, I'm very well. Um, did you feel you had no other choice but that you had to take to social media to highlight this? Absolutely, yeah. Well, I suppose uh, last week, <clears throat> last week was particularly bad actually uh, there seems to be more frustration around last week than there has been up to I suppose Holy Saturday Easter time for breaking that but um, there's only so much like that we can do at store level <coughs> and uh, we're we're obviously you know I don't the most important people to me in the store are the people working here with me right I, okay. I refer to my people as my team at work and they have gone beyond the call of duty to facilitate and to work with and to help everybody along the way and to make the experience as pleasant as is possible for everybody. But unfortunately, there's times that that doesn't appear to be enough. Our our, our motto in the shop is to shop alone, stand back and to be patient. And we had an incident at, the, at our hot food counter on Friday where a customer there's a line that you don't cross and he crossed the line. We have six signs up across the counter asking people to stand back and different, different messages on the counter and he pushed the signs aside and leant in over the counter and the girl behind the counter asked him to stand back and that she wasn't, that wasn't acceptable and he was quite rude to her and he, he passed a comment and threw the hands up in the air and stormed out of the store. So like that's kind of experience. Unfortunately, uh, it's not people that we know Okay. People that we do, we appear we seem we don't seem to know them, and 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 like the local people are absolutely very very appreciative of what's happening in Scally Supervalue and Clannacilty, and the way everything is treated and how and like everybody everybody is terrified everybody is concerned everybody is worried, and I mean the big thing for us is to keep an eye on on the level of people in store or shopping at any time to make sure that it doesn't get too crowded. Um, and there is times that that might happen that there might be too many people in the store and that's what we can do then is we can throw that at the door we have two people at the door 
we have two people at the door uh, from Monday morning to Saturday evening, Sunday evening, and their job is that if it gets busy in the shop, that they hold a queue at the door. So then it's a one in, one out sort of. Well, no, no, No. it it flows, it flows in fairness. Like we have plenty of space in the store, like we have 25,000 square feet, so so we have plenty of space. We have 12 checkouts open. So, like, I mean, you could have 25 people at the checkout, and that's only one in a queue and one being served at the checkout. Yeah, yeah. So we we have good space, but sometimes it might get heavy around the meat counter or the fish counter or I tell you what we've noticed people there's a big demand for freshly baked bread in store so there could there could be times when they might just get a little bit busy there and that's when we step in then and that's that's been part of what I would do or Martin or Michael or any of the lads here that we go up to the door and we just hold the door for a few minutes other than that now it's fine shopping shopping with children because it actually is an issue I'm going to be addressing in a couple of minutes on on the programme from a lone parent's point of view with some lone parents saying that they've no other choice have you a ban on children coming into the shop well well, uh, our our policy simply is 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 one person person. now if some mother comes with a child to the shop we can take up that situation at the door and, and, and we can do the shopping for her and take it back out to her okay yeah so I mean there's also there's also the local GA club, the local GA club under the chairmanship of Jeremy Carty, out in Ahamilla, is quite willing to help out people. The Gardaí are quite willing to help out. So, like, I, there's no need for a lone parent to be concerned. Okay, you're saying they don't need to come with the child or the children. Well, Somebody can else come, can do the shopping. We will do the shopping for them. Yeah, I mean, okay, that's fair there's, enough. There's, that's fair enough. There's click and collect. Yeah. There's online shopping. Uh, and then a husband and a wife turning <clears throat> up together because I'm sure I can't leave him in because he won't know what to get and sure he has to come with me. We won't let the husband and wife into the shop, no, <laughs> definitely not because I mean, I mean, in fairness, like locally, that's not a problem, that's not an issue. Uh, we don't have any problem. It's just, just uh, last week, I suppose, there was people around on holiday or maybe different places they seem to come and they don't, they don't seem to get about about this COVID thing at all they just they seem to be quite dismissive of it that you know I'm fine I'm not going to get it's not going to happen to me but like for me my priority my priority is the people working for me and like we start work here in the morning at half four and we have most of our fresh food is out on the shelves at half eight it's there for the customer to come in and shop in comfort and we close the shop at seven o'clock in the evening and we have people come in and unpack the ambient end of it and they're here till ten o'clock at night so the idea to do that is to minimise the amount of people that we have out on the shop floor to give the space to the customer to shop and give them the freedom of the space and, and knowingly the comfort, the comfort to shop in our place as well the trolleys are cleaned at the door the baskets are cleaned at the door we have two people on hygiene all the time and is and is it very upsetting for staff, Eugene, if they do get verbally abused? Well, it is, Patricia, because you know everybody is doing their best, and everybody, everybody. Let's be honest about it. Everybody's on edge. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, a little bit of a little bit of TLC it will go a lot longer. If somebody gets abused, it's upsetting. And I mean, I have young people here that worked here with me when they were sixteen and seventeen, and I'm delighted to have them back in here to the store for the last three weeks or a month. They're now in college and students like, and they've come to me and said, "Look, they've been getting abused at the checkout." And I have, I have, I have actually said to them on Saturday, "If you get abused from any customer at the checkout, you just stand back, stand back, stand back, and just let somebody else deal with it and don't serve them." Yeah, there is, there is a, t- a tend, even though I think a lot of people, and I'm reading it in the papers today, complacency seems to be creeping in. 
it's coming a bit, but again, like it's certainly not complacency. It's certainly not something that's local. The people here in Clannacilty and around in the surrounding areas are very conscious of where we're at. And of course, I suppose we have the hospital here in town, and we've unfortunately we've lost some of our elderly people through the virus. And I mean, everybody is very, very aware and very, very concerned. An awful lot of people in West Cork will have a lot of connections with the hospital here in Clannacilty, and those people up there working. And I'm sure, you know, those people are doing a tremendous job as well the Gardaí and you know everybody's and when somebody just gets annoyed and tells you to mm. stuff it or throw a basket at your walk out in a rage it, it does upset people Yeah, it does upset people Well I remember at the start in the early stages probably the first week of the lockdown getting like a, quite a, a strong but heartbreaking email from a listener or from a worker in a supermarket who was just saying how nervous all of the staff are and nobody sees them in the staff room um, when they're having their tea break and everybody's nervous that they might have a vulnerable member of the family at home and they're terrified yeah. that they're going to bring the COVID-19 into the houses with them and like everybody that goes into the supermarket, you've no way of knowing if somebody has the coronavirus me, or not. It wasn't me that sent you that email because that's exactly what we have experienced here. Yeah, yeah. And like, like that's exactly what we have experienced. Yeah, it's shocking. Um, but you know, I went home out here on Friday at half two or quarter to three, right? And to be quite honest with you, I was uh, emotionally exhausted, right? Yeah. And I just said to Katrina when I went home, and she started writing down the points on a piece of paper at home. And I said, I didn't realise she was actually putting it down on paper. And I said, that's exactly now what I'm going through. That's exactly how I feel. So anyway, we tidied it up anyway, and it went on anyway from there. And the amount of responses that we have gotten to that uh, thing on Saturday evening on Twitter is frightening from all over the country. Yeah. <clears throat> from small convenience shops to supermarkets to super values, centres, uh, uh, Little Ireland. Uh, butcher shops around the country. It's everywhere. Everywhere. And I can even I can even see the amount of commentary we're getting in. Uh, for example, John has said anybody giving abuse to staff at any time and not a, not alone even during COVID nineteen, they should not be served. They should be not allowed on the premises anymore. The staff don't have to take that SHIT. People should be delighted to be served and spare a thought for the very friendly staff. Sarah said, "What the hell is wrong with these people? Why abuse people who are working ridiculously long shifts already?" Exposed to the virus on a daily uh, basis to ensure that we can feed our families. It's about time anyone low enough to throw abuse at another member of staff are banned from the shop for life. The staff in Supervalue and all supermarkets in West Cork are second to none. Martina said it's going on in every shop that's opened. People think they're more important than anyone else. And a final one from Michael to say, Patricia, that carry on in Scallies is disturbing in this day and age. There's no need for it. Be thankful to those staff who put themselves on the front line, risking their lives and the lives of their families and have a bit of respect. Uh, and that's just a sample of some of the, the comments we're getting in. You know oh. what, Patricia, I'd just like to say before anybody that has any concern, whether they're young, old, middle or my age, with a baby or a child or a trolley, we're here to help. Yeah. And we will help. We will not refuse help. And, and, and like, that's, that's what we're about. That's what we're here for. And, and again, like, I have to I have to at all times prioritize my people outside on the shop floor they're priority for me they're doing a fantastic job and they're they're happy happy in their work but when you get somebody who just that little bit nasty or throws a basket or throws a tantrum and sometimes they don't have to say they don't have to say you can read from the body language that that person is not 
behaving properly and that's not good for anybody. Okay. All right. Listen, stay safe, uh, Eugene, and kind regards to everybody at uh, Scally Supervalue and Talent. Thanks, Patricia. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you very uh, much. Bye-bye. 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 That is uh, Eugene Scally and Marie says, Patricia, I hope this message finds you well. I'm disgusted to hear what's happening in Scally's. I will always say please, thank you and tell the retail staff that they are doing a great job and that comes in from Marie and I remember actually when the remember the panic buying at the start which thankfully now is gone I remember a listener contacted us to say that she'd been in a shop and the, you know there was this panic buying and there was half the shelves were empty or whatever and as she said as she got to the checkout she could see how stressed and under pressure the checkout operators were and she said to the girl as she was paying, she said, now, how are you doing? And the girl, she said, nearly burst into tears and said, you know, she said, I've been sitting here, I'm coming to the end of an eight-hour shift and you are the first person to look me in the eye and say, how are you doing? You know, so I bear that in mind. Uh, you know, people that go out every single day to work inside in those supermarkets, our butchers shops, or your local convenience store, whatever it is, they're putting their lives at risk because they have no way of knowing. We know how highly contagious this corona coronavirus uh, is and we know that people can be contagious without ever having symptoms. So when people are, when they're heading, when they're in a shop and they're dealing with members of the public every day and the same goes for people in credit unions and in the post offices, they really are putting their lives at risk by dealing with members of, of the public. So they are also our frontline uh, heroes because they're providing a service and doing a job in order for us to continue leading and living our lives as best as, as we can. So just be kind, you know, in a world where we can choose to be anything. Please choose to be kind. Literally has been called off. This is the first time in the history of the festival that it has been cancelled. Organisers believe it is the right d- decision. The event now will be held in August of 2021 because there had been speculation and talk that what they would do is push it out maybe to September or maybe to October but the decision now has been taken. No, that's the Rose of Tralee off for the first time in its history. No Rose of Tralee for a 2020. Hi Patricia, could you congratulate Kieran DC please from Ballinascarthy GAA Club who organised 121 miles for 121 beds for Clonakilty Community Hospital it was organised last Thursday night. All members ran five kilometres in their own area and the plan initially was to raise €1,000. Final figure raised last night, €6,000. It was a fantastic amount and six times more than they had planned to raise. Well done to Kieran DC from Bandiscarthy GAA Club for coming up with the idea from a regular listener to your programme. Thank you for that and well done Kieran. There's been so many fantastic fundraising events and people have just completely stepped up to the mark and I love the imagination that's been used when it comes to fundraising. We'll have an example of that later on on the programme with a young uh, North Cork young uh, lady who's been living in a shack for the last week to raise money for the children in the townships in uh, South Africa. So she's kind of replicated the way they live and she's been doing it for, for a week. It's terrific and you can see it, her online and, and what she's been getting up to. It, it, it really is uh, fantastic. OK, uh, Mary thinks that things need to get stricter in this country. We had 701 new cases of coronavirus. People are simply not 
listening. And I can see from some of the texts and calls coming in that people are saying that, that there's this complacency that seems to have set in. Somebody said, I've seen it lately. People are not abiding by the two kilometre rule. I can see people putting up on social media that they've been going to the beaches. The roads have never been so busy. People are out meeting their neighbours and friends, going for chats. Their children are going on play dates. I think it'll be 2024. Oh God, don't say that. By the time the restrictions have been lifted, says this uh, listener. Hi Patricia, I'm just wondering how are we to beat this virus here in the Republic when we don't have the powers to stop travel from Northern Ireland? This is a huge, this became a huge talking point uh, over the weekend. Something needs to be done about that. But the Gardaí have saying that they do not have, they do not have jurisdiction over people from Northern Ireland or indeed any other state if they stop them and they're travelling around the country. It's only Irish citizens that they can say to them, you're only allowed to be uh, two kilometres from your home. And I know the Echo newspaper today are leading with cracks starting to show and they're talking about people who are increasingly defying the COVID-19 restrictions everything from house parties to lavish birthday parties and they they write in the papers that it's almost seen like a badge of honour for some people to say oh look at us we've kind of pulled a fast one and we're after getting away with it and I know the Lord Mayor of Cork John Sheehan of course who also works as a GP has acknowledged the uh, increasing uh, complacency but he's making the point that there is almost like a wariness setting in that people are just getting fed up of it and people feel sure we've done you know we've done it for so long now need to get out and about and I have to say whatever about needing to get out and about I kind of hit I I call it I had a wobbler on Saturday morning and I just don't know why I just woke up and it just felt like it was all really getting to me and normally I'm sort of the Miss Positivity I drive people mad with it but I just I really had to give myself a good talking to I'm sure Joe Heffernan would have been proud of me I had to sort of sit down and and realise how blessed I am and all the positive things that are in my life blessed that I have a job to go to and I suppose the top blessing that we don't have COVID-19 in the house and I don't have any of my extended family members thank God have come down with covid uh, 19 so I've got so much to be grateful for and thankful for but you do get to every now and again I think you do get to a stage where it really can wear you down and that's the time where you really do need to reach out if you've another family member you can talk to the one thing I've started doing during the lockdown is I've taken up a new exercise regime and I've worked out really hard over the weekend and definitely that works. So I would say that to people, if you can get any kind of exercise in or if you can get out, if you're under the 70 and you're not cocooning, if you can get out and do that two kilometre walk. And even if you are one of those cocooners, get exercising indoors, just do something. Uh, it just And it definitely, whatever it is, it just lifts the mood and, and it makes you a lot more uh, positive. And then I woke up today and I have huge reasons today of all day days to be absolutely positive because today is the 27th day of April and it was on this day in 2014 I always have to stop and think of the date no not 2014 2004 2004 16 years ago that I myself my husband Brendan and Marcia we were in uh, a courthouse in Belarus in Minsk in Belarus for Marsha's adoption so Marsha's official adoption went through on this day so that's a day 
that I have great reasons to feel very blessed and grateful and it's a very always a very special day uh, in our house as the uh, you often see it with the Americans with adoption they call it the gotcha day the day I gotcha so it's our, it's our gotcha day for uh, Marsha so uh, I just I give thanks and praise that we have our beautiful daughter living with us uh, today so a lot a lot to be grateful for 1850 John Paul and Sadie taking your cause you can text to WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Court today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September plan your future education see the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie Exoilamach Quiddenanihe is Farlin. Shae Tror C103 Air Kirkig. Is there in Devil Yaston Gaharaho Elizabeth Fort? Agasterter Gwicha or Chandos the Sample is Far, the Rune Reltahrahoch, on Shachtu Hishdiak. Kigger at Togoche Harnablienta, Hogalord on Dune, on Giatlaw Ria Fosle Feshkint, a Togoch, a Dusporde, Sivlian Shadiak Sahayan, when Sultas Rarkana Untacha or Haharkarki or Ali Nununta, Agastog Truss, Hunfalum Festaran Duin, Agas Nakaharach. Now, as we've just been hearing from Scally's Super Value in uh, Clonakilty, and it's reflected in many supermarkets around the country, many have opted for a ban in place on children going shopping with their parents. And, and a lot of supermarkets are simply preventing children from em- emptying from entering the premises but inadvertently it's causing problems for some lone parents and joining me to explain more is Karen Kiernan who is CEO of the support group One Family. Good morning to you Karen. Good morning. Um, You're welcome. I know the government have now asked uh, supermarkets to use a common sense approach uh, to this but tell me some of the experience that you've been hearing about from your members. Yeah, so for many people who are parenting on their own, they have to bring their children to the shops um, because they don't have anyone to leave them with. And this would also be true, of course, for the partners of people who might be frontline or healthcare workers. For anyone who's left in their own with children at the moment who has to bring them. Um, Nobody particularly likes, I think, bringing children to shops, particularly at the moment because it's quite tense. But it's absolutely causing problems in a number of ways. For many weeks now, we've been hearing about parents who might have queued to get to into a shop and when they get to the top are turned away because they have a child with them. So that is obviously embarrassing and worrying, but they've also put a lot of time in and they didn't know. We've also then heard of there being signs. In fact, there was a sign up in, in a shop, uh, a large shop in Dublin over the weekend, um, just banning everyone under 18 years of age from the shop, which is really, really difficult because, again, some young people or teenagers might be the people who go and do the shopping for a family. Um, and then the other thing is um, we've heard of people where they may be in the shop and that might be fine, but other shoppers are turning on them. And we've heard of many instances of parents and children crying and upset in shops because other shoppers have felt they had the right to have a go at them. So all of this is really difficult. Um, and obviously shops, um, are providing an essential service at this time to people who need it. And we have to be absolutely, every time I go, I say thank you to the people working there. Um, but there has to be give and take here. And to ban children and therefore their parents from shops where your reliance on, a, on food as an essential part of life is just not acceptable. 
But when I say, when I put that point to a, a local supermarket owner who was just on with this, um, he was, uh, the previous interview that I did, now he was on about a different issue. He was on about the abuse that the staff are getting mm. from some customers. But when I brought up the issue of, because they have a complete ban on children in, in the store, and his point was, if a, if a parent has nobody else to look after the children, he gave two options. You could come to the store and they'll do the shopping for you. You hand in the list, but they won't leave the child in, or the parent. And the second one was that there's loads of community support out there. I mean, it's certainly all over the country in rural areas. There's fantastic support of somebody else doing your shopping for you or you've got delivery services as well. Yeah. That there are other options. Yeah. And and look, those points, if I can just address them, are very good. Now, just to say, when this problem started with shops, there was no community call system in place. The local authorities had not started their helplines. So when this, when those things started, as well, we in one family saw this as a really good solution for parents um, who could get teamed up with a volunteer. Um, so that is true. But when it started, it wasn't um, a possibility. The other thing is um, a lot of people don't have access to debit or credit cards and we've been asked to keep shopping slots for those cocooning and they can take weeks. So they're not suitable for everybody. And I think if a shop, because again, we this has been on our Twitter and our Facebook for weeks and weeks now, and we've heard really good examples um, of staff who do shopping, but that's not widely known. So I suppose there's no system because let's say one super value, for example, it has one policy and another one has another policy. So it's really helpful if shops can share up front and in advance what their policy is, if they're going to help parents. But certainly my local shop in uh, which is a little, is saying, well, we don't let two parents in with children, but we'll certainly let one parent in with children because we know that they have to. Yeah, you know, it varies. It so literally, yeah. Has a different system. Yeah, so yeah. we've been working with Retail Ireland for weeks on this, and we've come up with lots of suggestions about how I suppose to also put out there how to call on parents to do the right thing because two parents going with children is not a good idea. It's not needed. But it was even to say that. So as a sector if the retail sector could say, look, here's what we need from parents to be able to facilitate safe shopping for everyone. And if the retail sector could understand that sometimes children do have to go in, but to make it a safe shopping experience for everyone and not just ban certain people. Because, you know, who else could be banned? You know, are, are there is there anyone with a disability who would be banned perhaps because of their perceived behaviour? Like, this is a very slippery slope and to, to stigmatise families and children in this way is really horrible because it upsets children and it upsets parents and it's a bit of a blunt instrument. So well, children don't it, understand, Mammy, why am I not allowed into the shop? Well, of course um, not. Yeah, I heard... I, crying or yeah. the child is being left outside, I, which is what's happening. So there's a child welfare issue here too. I heard a child asking his parent when he wasn't allowed into a shop, he thought he had the coronavirus and was getting very upset. Am I not allowed in because I've got the coronavirus? Yeah. And in fairness, the government have come out and said that all retailers need to be conscious of the different circumstances of all kinds of families and to use the common sense approach. They did. And they came out and said that last Tuesday, which was extremely helpful and quite unusual for government to come out and say something about a business like that. And it's because they are concerned about the fact that essential items like food um, are, are not as accessible to some families because of a blanket ban. So, of course, there are people who are going to behave poorly and make poor choices in shops, and that needs to be addressed. But a blanket ban, in our view, is not the way to go. But making a safe shopping experience for everybody is the right way to go. 
And I suppose we were very concerned. There's about six organisations that we've been working with. Um, so ourselves, One Family, Society of St. Vincent Paul, um, the uh, Children's Rights Alliance, like lots of big organisations that are very, very concerned about this issue. And we wrote to Tony Holohan about this issue because we do not believe that the HSC guidelines are banning children per se. We believe that's an interpretation taken by some shops. So there is a better and happier way to come at this. And um, we're really disappointed that some shops are still deciding to ban um, even though the government has come out and asked them to work around the issue. And okay. we're very happy to help with suggestions about how to do that and also to call on parents to do the right thing and only to go when you need to bring the child. And don't, don't make a family day trip out of it, as, as Mandate said, it isn't yeah, a trip I mean, to that's, the shop, it's not a family day very out. uncommon. And yeah, Karen, just do. finally, yeah. are lone parents, are they under additional stress during the COVID-19 absolutely, pandemic? Yeah. Absolutely. Look, for people who were already very isolated um, and now might be completely without friend or family support who literally may not see anyone other than their child all the time. That's huge pressure. And then to have work money worries, maybe to have lost a job. And one of the biggest issues that lone parents are dealing with are access and contact issues with the other parent of their child. This is a huge issue for everybody, for mums and dads around the country. Um, just a massive issue. And then uh, child maintenance. Um, many people have lost their jobs and child maintenance has stopped being paid for many families. And then this issue with food and shopping. And this, that kind of adds into the public shaming and stigmatising. So for many parents, they're very upset. They feel like they're being singled out because they feel like I'm the parent who has to bring my child and now I'm not allowed to go into a public place, which is a shop. You know, so it's terribly upsetting for people. So, of course, this notion of a, a, a trip out to shops that day is gone. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Shouldn't be happening. But equally, vulnerable families, small families, should not be, um, you know, banned in this way because of poor behaviour of a few people. OK. All right, we um, leave it there, Karen. Listen, thank yeah. you for that. And, thank uh, you. Thanks. And can I just say, sorry, Patricia, yeah. our, our helpline is on extra hours. If anyone out there is upset, wants information, wants counselling, anything, if they could get in touch with us, um, we'll 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 help them out. So can I just give that number Please very do. quickly? Please do. Please do. It's it's eighteen ninety double six double two twelve or a Dublin six six two nine two one two. But it's all on our website onefamily. One okay, Karen. Thank you for that, and thanks for thank joining you. us. Stay safe. Bye bye. That is uh, Karen Kiernan, who is CEO of the support group uh, One Family. Somebody by text saying, uh, Patricia, in Tesco, Mallow, there in in Tesco in Mallow, flour is running. Scarce. It's running scarce actually in, in a lot of stores. It's It's been a good few weeks now since you've walked into a supermarket and seen loads of flour on, on the shelf. Anyway, according to this texter, they're robbing it out of customers' trolleys. Could you imagine being that desperate to buy something that when you go and you see that there's none on the shelf and then you spot it in somebody else's trolley, would you have the neck to go over and take it out of somebody else's trolley and put it into your own? You'd want to be really desperate, wouldn't you, for the bag of flour? Actually, just while you mentioned Tesco in Mallow, I was in Tesco in Mallow on Saturday and kudos to them on this. They had hand sanitizer. and I haven't seen hand sanitizer in a supermarket, I'd say, since the pandemic began. It sold out really, really quick. So they had their own brand hand sanitizer in Tesco on Saturday. They had the small one, which is like the little 50 milliliter one, you know, the kind of little one you'd put in your handbag. They had that on sale for 
think it was 89, 79 or 89 cents. It was under a euro anyway. And then they had the bigger one on sale for 169. And I just thought, fair juice, it's the same price that it was before the pandemic began. Whereas we're hearing a lot of people with a lot of those products have gone up in price. Now, they didn't have a huge amount of it. But you know what I did? And I felt quite proud of myself. I looked at it and said, OK, I have one of those little ones in the car that I always have for coming in and out of shopping if there isn't hand sanitizer, And I have one of the big ones at home. So I was saying, I don't need them at the moment. And if I'm buying them, I'm buying them to stockpile them. So I left it. I walked by and left them and said, leave them for people who need them. And that's what we need to do to stop the stockpiling. And I know the panic buying has stopped with the still a bit of stockpiling going on with some items. But would I rob a bag of flour out of somebody else's trolley and put it into my own? No, I wouldn't. And shocked to hear that anybody would. But there's... Uh, that's the kind of folks that's the kind of stuff that's going on at the moment when people are desperate for a particular item 1850 John Paul's taking your calls so is Sadie you can text her WhatsApp to 0862-103-103 Court Today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September plan your future education see the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie the C103 Cork Diary is a free service to help non-profit organisations all over Cork. So, if you're a community group or a charity that's holding a fundraising event or meeting, send us the details at least one week in advance and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email info at c103.ie. The Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. C103. Cork North Central TD. Thomas Gould and Mick Barry both called on the government to not allow retail workers to become the collateral damage of the COVID-19 crisis. Both TDs were highlighting the treatment of the Debenham workers who have all been made redundant. One of those workers is Sinead Kyohan who is from Formoy. Good morning to you Sinead. Hi, how are you? I, I'm very well and firstly commiserations to you and to the rest of your, your work colleagues. How did you hear the news that your job was gone as opposed to being temporarily laid off because of COVID-19? Well, to be honest, we actually got an email on the Thursday morning and we were told, there was kind of talk, but we were told two days previous from, from England that everything was fine. Um, then they sent us an email that Thursday morning that you know, we've no longer a job just to contact the government and that was the end of it. You know, so it was actually, it was it was a bit of a, a shell shock really, to be honest. So if you, if and, and I'm assuming this probably happened with some people, if you didn't check your email, you wouldn't have been aware of it? Oh, definitely, 100%. And actually I know of another colleague that actually didn't get an email, you know, so um, it was kind of, you know, it was, it was unfortunate that some people didn't get the email, so which was which was a bit unfair, you know. Like even even to have been called to a meeting. That's it. Yeah, no, it was nothing. It was like it was just, you know, a generic email that was sent, and um, uh, there was no thought put into it. It was just like basically, like I know we're all numbers in in a in a workplace, but I mean this was really, you know, it was harsh to be honest. It sounds very cold and calculating. And before the government lockdown, Sinead, had there been any indication that the management were considering closing the Irish stores? Um, no, no, there was nothing at all, really. You know, like with with this Corona thing, like we knew like the business was gone very quiet and the whole lot. We knew it was like, 
eventually um, it would close down for a couple of weeks. We just presumed that it was re- would resume back again. Um, and we were never, we were we were only told that, you know, it was just would have been a couple of weeks or whatever. Um, but there was no, no such thing as the Irish doors closing at all, at all. How long have you personally been working there? Um, I'm there 20 years. <gasps> wow, wow. Yeah. That's on, on the Patrick Street store? On Patrick Street store, yeah, yeah. And how many workers are there? Um, do you know, I can't even think offhand. No, um, I, I, to be honest, I couldn't think yeah, offhand. Yeah, yeah. No. But, uh, but are many of them there long periods like yourself? I mean, 20 years is a huge dedication to any one job. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, I mean, you know, there's there's people that are there. There was one fellow now, he's actually, he's in the same department as myself. Um, he was retiring. Oh. Um, but, like, he was 50 years you know, uh, 50 years of long-term service and to be just given that kind of, you know, that treatment was, was which was kind of a bit, you know, harsh. So staff had great loyalty to the company. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like, I mean, 20 years, I loved it, you know, and like I was travelling up and down from, from my constant, um, even, you know, when I was, before I was even married, I have three kids now, but before I was even married, um, I used to be travelling up on the bus because I obviously wasn't driving at the time. Yeah. Um, and over the years, like I like, I started driving. It was, you know, it was just constant. Uh, like, I loved travelling up to work, you know. And did you ever it. consider, I mean, it, that's a bit of a commute every day. Did you ever consider looking for a job locally? Well, to be honest, like, I mean, there was, there was jobs in Fermoy, but I, I, like, I loved it so much. Yeah. You know, that kind of way. Um, and, you know, the there's actually the staff alone would actually bring you to work, you know what I mean? They, they were, there was um, a great community in the store itself, you know? Sounds like a little family. It actually was, to be honest, you know? It really was. You know, you'd, you'd miss even the, like the lunchtime, you know, the lunchtime chat or whatever, you know, the usual, you know, that kind of thing. It was actually, it was more of a family, to be honest. Yeah, and I think, Sinead, people forget that, you know, when you lose a job, I mean, obviously there's, you know, first and foremost, there's the financial imp- implication, but you forget about that social side and that support mechanism that's in place, particularly, you know, for somebody who's been working with a company for 20 years, you've built up huge friendships. You've spent probably more time with some of those staff members than you would even with your own family because you're with them for, you know, an eight hour working day. Absolutely, absolutely. Even like, I mean, for for the time, like I got married in 2004, you know, it was uh, friends, they were at my wedding, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. It was just, so you'll you miss know, them? It, 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 yeah, definitely. And like, unfortunately, like people are all like, like some people work in the city or live in the city, I should say. Some people are out further. Um, you know, I don't know whether I'll get a chance to kind of get to meet them again, you know, that kind of way. It's just the, the different distancing. But look, hopefully we'll try and uh, we'll try and meet up for, for a night at some stage, you know. How, redundancy package, Sinead, have they spoken to you? What, what, what's on offer? No, um, we, we've basically been told um, it's statutory at the moment and our union has, has got involved. The mandate is actually our union. Now we have SIP2 as well, but mandate is our main union in the store. Um, so hopefully they're they're fighting on our behalf. They've been sending letters to to different areas. So we're only just waiting basically for the liquidator to to really suss out um, and see what the situation would be. Now I think it's supposed to be thirty days 
So hopefully we might hear something within that that yeah. sort of time, you know. Big loss to Cork City. Absolutely, absolutely. And like even even going back to Rose this time, you know, it, it was it was uh, the main meeting place, you know. Yes, um, everyone talks about meeting at Roche's stores over the yeah, years. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And Debenhams, it was it was a great shop, a great store. Would I have to say a fantastic staff? They were all you were always such a friendly bunch. Whenever you whenever you know you went in, it was just it was always a lovely atmosphere inside in that shop. That that's really going to be missed. Definitely, you know. Like I mean, we. We did give a hundred percent, you know, anything that was happening around the store, um, any meetings that were coming, you know, we always did what we were told to do basically, you know, like we've over the years we've cut uh, we've got a cut in our wages in bonus and different things and we've accepted that. Like I know, you know, it's just unfortunate the way things are going, but we have accepted all of that. But it's just not nice the way that they turn around yeah, and kind of not, treat us in no, that not, manner, you know. Not, not loyal staff. And what will you do now, Sinead? Will you, have you started to look elsewhere? Or is there some point, I suppose, looking at the moment? Will you look elsewhere? Oh, definitely. I will. Yeah. Um, like, I basically, I might just, to be honest, I'll, I'll relax for the summer. Yeah. Uh, wait for this to start out yeah. first and relax for the summer and come September maybe. Have a look around something, again. Something will know, pop up. Something that will okay. pop up. Okay, listen, exactly. you look after yourself, okay, Sinead? No problem. And thanks a million for joining us on the programme. Thanks very Good much morning, for having Bye bye, bye bye. Sinead Kirhan, one of the now former Debenhams workers from uh, Fromoy, and commiseration to all of the workers, but just a dreadful way for them uh, to find out that their job was gone by an email and a generic email once sent to all of the staff. Absolutely shocking. Okay, can I give uh, on a much lighter note because I want to get this request in. It's for a very special young lady. Yvonne Lynch is in Drum Daniel in Bantry. And Yvonne, I'm told that you are 12 today and your auntie Catherine and Dennis and all your cousins want to wish you a very happy birthday. So that's Yvonne Lynch Drum Daniel in Bantry. Happy birthday, Yvonne. On the way, coming up, we speak with John Hannan, uh, who suffers with um, a genetic form of emphysema to see how he's coping with uh, COVID-19 and also catch up with a young group who have been living in a shack to raise money for the Nile Mellon Trust. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Hello, this is Eric Griffin. Join me Monday to Friday between 7 and 8 for some great songs on C103 Anthems. And then... Hello, this is Declan Ernie here. Hello, this is Sean Keane. Hello, this is Cathy Durkin. Hi, this is Louise Morrissey. Hi, this is Mick Flavin. Hello, this is Daniel O'Donnell here and you're listening to Country and Irish with Eric Griffin on C103. Don't miss Anthems at 7 and the very best of Country and Irish from 8. Right here on C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We were talking uh, with uh, Sinead Kyohan, one of the now former workers with Debenhams in the last hour. Uh, Heidi says, Patricia, this has happened uh, with shops closing. It's uh, wh- What has happened with Debenhams and shop closing, a lot of this is down to high business rates and rent. It is almost becoming impossible to complete to compete with online shopping. And Debenhams, that's the one thing I have noticed, that uh, Debenhams seem to be getting bombarded with emails from Debenhams since they've closed the store. They are still doing their online sales and, of course, their shops are open in England as well. And it'll be interesting after this long 
lockdown. Many shops are adapting those that can and are going online. One wonders the effect it's going to have on the main streets and on shopping centres when we come out of uh, lockdown. But yeah, rates comes into it and certainly high rent costs as well. And thank you to Ed. Thanks for that, Heidi. And Ed in Dermanway sends in a text saying, Hi Patricia, I see from my Sky TV guide that Kilna Scully is scheduled on RTE 1 8pm next Sunday the 3rd of uh, May because we discussed that on the programme. It's actually been on, Ed, for the last two Sundays. Remember we had Pat Short on saying he hadn't a date for when it was due on. He just said he was in that he had heard from RTE that they were talking about reshowing it. The, the week number two was last night. I've watched it the last two weeks and I have to say it's as funny now as it was over 16 years ago I think since the last episode uh, went out I'm still finding it very funny maybe it's just that's my sense of humour but yeah it's on Sunday nights on RTE1 at 8 o'clock so you can I'm assuming the two you've missed Ed you can catch up on the RTE uh, player but thank you for pointing that out uh, to us okay let me go to the phone lines where Emma in Kerry Pike has contacted us good morning to you Emma Good morning, Patricia. You're in, you? I'm very well. Now, you're in a bit of a pickle at the moment. Tell me what's going on with the air. Um, we're just trying to get um, the fibre broadband and we just can't get anywhere with them. Um, we've spoke to KN when they've been in the estate. It's a fairly new estate. Um, the engineer is laying the fibre broadband and coming out, checking the speeds and the boxes and everything. Great. And, um, like, they told us in the January two, three weeks it would be updated on air system and we'd be able to order it. We're still waiting to be able to order it. Since January? Um, yeah, yeah. And even this morning now another engineer was supposed to come out and they sent another engineer out and um, he just sent a text message because of social distancing to say that he's a copper engineer and we're a new estate and new estates only have the fibre so we need a different type of engineer. So I rang Air back again and um, they just said, oh, Air Open haven't updated their system to say that fibre is within the state and until they do that, um, they can't send a proper engineer out to install it into the house for us. But it's gone on since January. It's crazy. But hang on. We've got seven boxes from Air now. um, But you're saying the the fibre is there? It is. It's in the state. The engineers from KN have told us the speed of the fibre and everything within the state. But I don't know. They must have sent us in a message in a bottle or something <sighs> to air open um, to tell them it's there because I don't understand how they can't update their system to allow people, especially in today's climate as well, when people are trying to work from home and people need the internet and you know, so it isn't just bad. it isn't just you in the estate. No, no, uh, there's piles of people. We have a group uh, messaging um, within the estate, and like piles of people have been in contact with open air, with air, with the you know trying to get answers. There's no answers. They keep telling us it's here, but the system isn't updated. How, so are you so saying no, you've no broadband? No broadband. No. But you know, that, uh, how is anybody managing to work from home? Oh, dongle, probably using dongles. Yeah, is people it? are using dongles, which, as you know yourself, they're not very No, reliable. no, they're hit and so, miss. And they're like, hit and miss. There's an awful lot of people within the state working from for Apple and Foxbro. They're all computer-based companies and they're finding it really hard as well, you know. 
Okay, um, listen, and, and we're going to contact... Uh, well trying to, you know, trying to entertain kids bit of broadband would be nice. Absolutely and I know with, with children we've been the, a lot of children have been encouraged to go online for schoolwork and all of that and we hear of children in very isolated rural areas that don't have broadband but this seems crazy that the, the oh, fibre God, optic is there yeah. and it just you just can't get it connected. Okay we'll get on to air and uh, see if we can expediate it and uh, see what happens and we'll keep that in contact with you. Alright yeah. Emma have a Thank good day. So okay take that. care. Bye bye that's Emma in Kerry Pike. Let's see if we can get that so, uh, sorted out. Um, if we get anything before the close of the programme we will bring it to you. Can I go to some of your WhatsApps and texts uh, coming in. Still getting reaction to my chat with Eugene Scally at the top of the programme outlining the abuse that some shoppers, because they're getting frustrated because of social distancing that has to be put in place to keep everybody safe. I mean, social distancing inside in a supermarket and I know it's a pain in the ass to have to queue up outside of a supermarket or then when you go in might be a little bit slower. Uh, but we we're all doing it. Everyone, you know, we're all being asked to do it because we're doing it for our own safety, but we also have to remember the safety of the staff. Uh, Liz says, I was listening to your chat with Eugene Scally. Very, very disheartening to hear of this abuse. All our shop staff are doing a great job and they deserve our support and our thanks. To see the report on RTE News over the weekend that day trippers from Northern Ireland cannot be turned away and turned back home by our Gardaí. They should be quarantined for two weeks. Uh, keep safe. Kind regards, says uh, Liz. And yes, the Gardaí, the Association of Garda Sergeants and Inspectors, Antoinette Cunningham came out at the weekend and she said that the travel restrictions cannot be applied to people from the north or indeed from any other uh, state. But the Gardaí are saying the check- checkpoints are going to be established early this week. It's tried to prevent a reoccurrence of the last bank holiday Day weekend, which would have been the Easter bank holiday weekend, because remember people left to head to their holiday home several days before the holiday. So the Gardaí are ahead of the posse this time. And they say, they say sources in the Gardaí say it appeared many had travelled by night. They deliberately kept away from the motorways and other major roads to try to avoid being stopped at a checkpoint. So this time it's expected that mobile checkpoints will be mounted on minor roads especially near areas which attract a lot of tourists. And I know West Cork is one of the area that the Gardaí would be launching a major crackdown ahead of the Maybank holiday weekend. And they are again saying to people, if you have a holiday home, please stay away from your holiday home. And Wexford County Council, because Wexford is another area that would have a lot of holiday homes and a lot of people from Dublin would travel down to Wexford to either go to a holiday home or there's caravan parks, mobile home uh, places in Wexford and a lot of Dublin people would go down there for the summer and of course the good people of Wexford are saying to people please stay away as well. So Wexford County Council are deploying six drones. Now they're, they're drones that they normally use to detect illegal dumping in remote areas but they're now using them in Wexford to ensure that people are adhering to social distancing. The council in Wexford say the drones we use are fully licensed where they're used by trained operators and so far their use has been broadly welcomed. The Wexford County Council they say they very much regret the necessity for these measures but they said they must act in the interest of public health due to the gathering of crowds and they've had infringements of social distancing so they've decided we'll put the drones up and we'll spot the people who are 
not abiding by the rules so you can be picked up on a drone as well. 1850 Some of your calls are coming in to uh, us. Uh, hi Patricia, huge thank you to the wonderful staff at Supervalue in Bantry, especially to all in the hot counter section. I buy a hot dinner there every day. God bless and thank you. Isn't that a fantastic service for somebody who's, you know, living on their own, don't, don't want to be cooking a dinner every day. You need to be eating well during these during this pandemic. So to be able to go into a supermarket and get a wonderful hot dinner every day, well done and uh, well done to the staff who are keeping that kind of service going. And says, good morning, uh, Patricia. Children should not be allowed into shops as they're carriers of the virus according to the doctors. Also, if you've got children, children will run wild. Not all children, but you know, children don't know or understand that they have to, if they are allowed into shops, that they must remain right beside mammy or daddy's side. The nature of children, you know, they might get a bit excited or a bit bored when they're inside in the shop and start running around. So Anne fully understands why some shops, but again, it's not all, but they fully understand why some shops have a total ban on children being allowed in. This is on people getting complaints and people breaching the restrictions bring in the army says this texture for people who are not going by the rules they're making it harder for those of us who are obeying the rules it will make the lockdown much longer if people don't abide by the current restrictions but then Rob doesn't agree Rob says do your listeners not realise we're all sick of this lockdown John hopes that John Walters and Gemma O'Doherty win their this is a high court uh, case and that we'll all be back out and free says Rob Rob really I mean do you think the government has just decided to put everybody on lockdown for the fun of it do you think the government would put a lockdown in place that is ruining our economy our economy that was doing so well nobody is willingly deciding decided that for the fun of us we're going to lock everybody in their houses and keep everybody over the over the age of 70 indoors they're doing it to keep all of us safe. Have you not been seeing what's been happening in other countries? And thankfully, because we've managed to flatten the curve in this country, we haven't had the scenes at ICU that we saw a couple of weeks ago in Italy, that we saw a couple of weeks ago in Spain, that we're seeing today even coming out of America. We're doing really well in this country, but we're doing well in this country because the majority of us are abiding by the restrictions. And if they decide to lift all of the restrictions and left everybody out and free, as you put it, Rob, then watch what would happen in this country. Then watch the scenes that we would have in ICU uh, units. Then watch freezers having to be brought into hospitals to stack up bodies because we wouldn't be able to cope with the amount of uh, funerals. I think what we're doing in this country, I think we're doing really well. I think the health authorities and the government and I think the majority of people are abiding uh, by it uh, and and for the better. And that's the reason. And while our figures are still too high and we still have too many people and too many people have uh, died, it would have been way worse if those restrictions had not been put in place. And Mary says that uh, Hi Patricia, cocooning now for five weeks. Well done Mary. Please God we'll be able to go out for a small walk never mind going past the 2k mark says Mary. Well done Mary hang in there. Well one of the suggestions and we know we're expecting at the end of this week that we'll hear some moves and some tweaking of the restrictions and what's been considered at the moment, some of the measures that are being considered. One is the easing of the the restriction for the over 70s to allow them to leave their house for exercise and as well 
they're talking about being a little bit more flexible on the two kilometre limit allowing people to go out for runs and walks that's another one that has been uh, looked at they're also talking about garden centres and DIY stores only where social distancing can be carried out um, they're seen as there's some businesses that may reopen in the early phases of relaxed restrictions and childcare staff being allowed into the homes of healthcare workers is also uh, being uh, considered. However a source has stressed that even smaller movements of people being permitted does lead to a risk of the virus spreading and such measures are likely to be taken or unlikely to be taken all in one go. So it'll be small baby steps. They'll, you know, they may, for example, decide to allow the over 70s out for a little bit of exercise and then leave that for a week or two, see how that's going. And then out of that, allow the general population to move beyond the two kilometres and wait and see how that goes. But I think even when they do start to ease the restrictions and as I say, they'll be done slowly rather than one one big announcement we're going to then have to be really really careful on the social distancing you know keeping the two metres away from people hand hygiene we're going to have to really keep that up and double our efforts on that and the sneezing etiquette and people not being allowed you know don't go out if you are feeling unwell and I have a funny feeling that they will also go down the road of making a compulsory for some kind of a face mask to be worn when we're out in public again you would wear a face mask not to protect yourself you do it to protect other people in case you're carrying the virus without you even realising it but but hang in there Mary on your cocooning you're doing so well I'm so proud of all of the elderly people who have cocooned and have stuck religiously to it and I was talking with two family members yesterday I spent a good half an hour with each household on the phone yesterday evening talking to them and their their families were they, they're, they're people in their 80s very fit healthy, active people in their 80s who normally would be out every day pottering around and doing bits and pieces and going to the shops and going to mass and going swimming and, you know, doing various things. And they have, they were told, you're cocooning, you need to stay indoors. And they're getting their food, groceries dropped to the door. And you're having chats with somebody, someone standing at the door and somebody standing at a front gate is the most that they've seen family members. And, and I'm so proud of all of the over 70s who have who know what cocooning is about and know why it's been done and I know it's hard and I know it's difficult so hopefully there will be if there can be any easing it's the one thing I would want done is for the over 70s make it a little bit easier for them and on this complacency setting in a text has said tisn't I love that word tisn't that's what's put in the text. It isn't complacency kicking in. Do you know what it's called? It's called stupidity. Who would trade a house party for possible lives? Only very, very stupid people. And Meg said, with over a thousand people dead in this country in the last two months, what are people not understanding? about COVID-19. And just uh, a few other texts in about Eugene Scally. Well done to Eugene Scally for standing up for his staff. I've been shouted at in a supermarket and language used at me over the last two weeks. Obviously this is another supermarket worker. Isn't that shameful? We're doing our best. Please have respect. Bless your heart and you are doing your best and the majority of us do respect you and we're very appreciative of the fact that you go out every day and you you go to work. Uh, Stay safe. And Hi Patricia, you, t- you should tell Mr Scally if he is CCTV of that man who was abusive to that young staff member. He should download the 
the image and hand it into the Gardaí and report him. 1850 And John says, Patricia, on the situation around single parents that can't but take their children with them to the shops. In most towns, well, especially here in West Cork, there are so many volunteers available to do exactly that kind of work for those lone parents. Your county council, the Red Cross, and in many cases, Chamber of Commerce and GAA clubs have people ready and willing to do shopping, pharmacy collections and so much more. We all have a responsibility here to protect the vulnerable. Being out with children when so much help is available, it really is a slap in the face to all those who need to be protected, the healthcare workers and the volunteers. There will be no let up in the restrictions if we all don't toe the line and ask for help. That help is out there and it is available. That is the best thing about this country is that there's always help available. Stay safe and that's from John and stay safe to you too John. Thank you for that to 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs Industrial plumbers are wanted. It's for work in County Limerick and it's to start in early May. Experience in working on large scale commercial projects is needed. Cleaners are wanted for immediate start. That's in Mallow, Bantry and Castle Island. Four hours per week. Sorry, sorry, four hours per evening and it's five days per week. And PE Global are looking for a pharmacist, nursing home nurse, and medical information roles. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The Chihuahua store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions. Email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, produced purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. And thank you to Michael in Barry Row uh, because I was about to do a shout out to see had anybody heard how much the boys, the Cork Senior Hurling Team, remember they were fundraising for Marymount Hospice over the weekend. They were doing 48 hours, I think, was it 48 hours of uh, solo runs? They started it at six o'clock on Saturday morning and then every hour another hurler the Cork hurling team and the background team took up the run they ran for an hour and they kept it going literally for the 48 hours and they wanted to raise money for Marymount Hospice and Michael and Barry Rowe tells me that 62,000 euro was raised 
not fantastic. And Marymount Hospice needed more than ever because obviously all of their fundraising for the foreseeable future has been cancelled. That's a terrific sum of money. So well done to everybody involved in the Cork Senior Hurling team uh, for raising that money. Now, last week, Mary, one of our listeners, asked us if we could find out and if we knew how Johnny Hannon from Mallow was doing during the COVID-19 pandemic, bearing in mind that Johnny suffers from the genetic condition Alpha 1, which leads him, to, which led him to develop um, emphysemia in his early 50s. So, delighted to say, Johnny Hannon uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Johnny. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, so the first question is, how are you doing? Ah, sure, look, I suppose, Patricia, when you look around <coughs> what's happening around the country, I'm doing very well. Um, I'm in, in a good state at the minute, thanks be to God. Um, okay. I suppose I had a rough enough winter. I had I was on antibiotics and steroids three times. Uh, you know, but thankfully I've got over that and um, I'm feeling quite good at the moment. Uh, but to say, I suppose to say that I'm not frightened would be an understatement. Of course I am. Um, I'm very frightened of what's going on around me. Um, I just can't afford to get the COVID-19, as you can imagine. Would you would would you simply not survive coronavirus if you picked it up? I don't think so, Patricia. I don't know if you remember back in 2009, you spoke to me from the ICU unit in the Mercy Hospital. I do, I, I do. I picked up the H1N1 virus, which was the swine flu at the time. And I was very close to death on that occasion. So given how I felt at that time, I really don't think I could survive the coronavirus um, because of the condition of my lungs. Yeah, and I have to say, anyone that we have spoken to who has survived it, I mean, they describe it as a nightmare, and that's for people who went into it with very healthy lungs. Yeah, it it, it sounds horrific. Um, I mean, I heard uh, Mary Lou MacDonald on your programme the other day, and anyone that I have heard who has come through it, uh, it, it is a horrendous experience, I believe, you know, and it is so sad that so many of the older generation are succumbing to this condition, Patricia, because they have made a, a valiant effort through their lives to be healthy. And I, I remember hearing on the radio or something a week or so ago of a 104-year-old lady who succumbed to it. And isn't it an awful way for someone who has been through so much to, to, to have to go, you know? Yeah, she w- she would have been born during the first, the last pandemic, the Spanish flu. Absolutely. And then to think he would have lived through all the world wars, would have lived oh. through everything that got on in this country. And then for something like that, it's just, yeah, it, it's just heartbreaking for, for the families. So you're cocooning, obviously. I am. Um, does it, does uh, cocooning suit you? Um, it doesn't, Patricia. You, I think you know me well enough. I do. That it, it doesn't. Um, I'm cocooning since the 14th of March. Um, I down tools, so to speak, on the 14th of March, and I literally haven't been seen outside the door practically since. Um, it's physically and mentally, it's it's awfully trying. Um, as you know, I'm a, a young people's person. Uh, I work a lot and interact a lot with teenagers and young people and I find their absence from my life, I find that quite hard Um, I have three wonderful grandchildren who I can't interact with daily and they both live, you know, on on the farm here and uh, now I do see them practically every day but it's at a distance and Is that that hard seeing them from a distance? it It is extremely hard Patricia and yesterday one of them a little granddaughter of mine 
she was outside the back, the back of the house, and she wanted to come towards me, and I had to come away and just close the door so she couldn't come near me. That is extremely hard. To have to do that is extremely difficult. Yeah. And it's difficult for them as well, because obviously this little kid is only two, coming up on two, and she doesn't understand no. why a person has to turn their back on them and walk away. No, know? somebody who normally has the arms out that she'll be running into. Yeah, it's, it's really difficult. How are you putting down your day? Um, well, I... I, I I suppose I get up in the morning, Patricia, and I'm not an over-religious person, but I do pray. Um, I say a rosary every morning, and I watch a little bit of television. Uh, I read, you know, a reasonable amount, and I haven't anything specific, I suppose, for the day, you know. I kind of take it as it comes. Uh, I get the paper as often as I possibly can. Um Will you get uh, out into the fresh air? Oh, I do. Yes, yeah, I do. Okay. I can get out. I'm lucky here, so you know. Yeah, you up here. Yeah, fa- fantastic. Rumor. And we've been blessed with the weather. Absolutely. Even this morning now, and there's a little bit of a change on today. But to get up this morning and just to go outside the back door for five or ten minutes, it is just wonderful. I mean. Someone up there is looking out for us with yeah. this weather at the moment, Patricia. It, it's it's so good. It's you know. Despite the negativity that's all around us at the moment, I mean, one has to say it's a pleasure to be alive at the moment, uh, the way the weather is. And, you know, I just want to put my hands up and thank everyone for the effort they're making to protect the likes of me and people who are more vulnerable than me, particularly the cystic fibrosis people and that who would be the closest condition to mine. Um. You know, people in general, obviously, you'll have the people who don't want to comply with things. But by and large, the compliance has been really, really good. And I'm blessed here with a good family around me. I have great friends, great young people who have made sacrifices for me. You know, and likewise, everybody that I know, uh, yourself included and John Paul. I mean, the fact that people out there think of people like me is is very, very humbling indeed, you know. and. We do appreciate the efforts people make to help us to be around for as long as is possible. You know, it's and that because you know, in cases like yours, um, uh, Johnny, that's what always annoys me when I see hear selfishness uh, when people decide to breach the restrictions. I mean, you're right; the majority of people are so sticking to the letter of the law and you'll always get the few who you know oh, it's nothing to do with me I don't care I'm going to do my own thing and but they forget it's the other people that they're putting at risk they do uh, like what I say to young people Patricia in time they'll be able to look back and they'll say I made every effort to help during that pandemic yeah. whereas the people who flaunt it and don't they won't have that pleasure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm lucky in that I can continue to get my infusion still every week, Patricia. Now, how are you managing that? How is that working? Well, now has to come to my house, which is something that I never really wanted to happen. Okay. But um, it is the only way I can get it now, and I'm very lucky to have a very good nurse, Orla, and um, she comes in every Thursday. Now, she is the only person outside my wife who has set foot inside this house since the 14th of March. My God. So, you know, it's 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 difficult for her to have to come in. She has to go on up and put on all the... The PPE gear, yeah. And yeah. The whole thing. But 
I, without it, Patricia, I suppose, you know, I'd be a lot more vulnerable than if I wasn't getting it, you know. So I thank God that I'm still able to get it. Now, there is a little doubt about it. There is a shortage of it on the European market at the minute. But I, lucky enough, I have two weeks' supply here in the house. So hopefully within that two weeks, they'll have replenished the supplies again. And are you in contact with other patients? Come, I am, yeah. I am. Okay, yeah, how how um, are they all doing? They're doing okay, yeah. Um, okay. Thanks be to God. I can say, uh, honestly, that none of the 18 of us has shown any signs of Great. contacting the virus yet. Great, but but you're cocooning and have to look after yourself. Oh, they're that's, all cocooning. That's what it's all about. They are all looking after themselves pretty well. And we're lucky as well in that Professor McIlvenny, he might have been, I suppose, a little bit slow to react at the beginning, but he has contacted us on a regular basis since. And Professor O'Connor in the Mercy Hospital in Cork, I'm extremely lucky to have such a good medical team available to me. And uh, the medical centre as well, who have been so good to me down the years and allowing me to have my infusion there every week, Patricia, you know, I consider myself one of the luckiest men on earth, to be quite honest with you. Well done, well done. Listen, hang in there, stay safe. We'll, 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 we'll catch up with you again. Uh, but a pleasure as always to talk to you, Johnny. Thank you for that. And thank you, Patricia and no John problem. Paul. You're always very good to me. Our pleasure, so our thank pleasure. You very much indeed. OK, bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. That is uh, Johnny Hannan staying safe during this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and thank you to a listener who, because who, I Johnny had been on my mind, but thank you to a listener who drew the attention saying, bring him on, find out what he's doing. And actually somebody else says, how is Anne Hurley? Uh, doing in Charleville I might get John Paul to put a call through to to Anne be interested to see because I'm assuming Anne is cocooning as well and to get her take on how she is uh, getting on but we wish continued good health to uh, Johnny Hannan uh, who's a gorgeous gorgeous man and uh, we wish him many many more years of uh, good health 1850 333 and just when we're on to talking about cocooning uh, Martin one of our regular listeners in West Cork says uh, Patricia for all of those who are cocooning some tips one, keep communication open with those around you. Two, proper diet that creates a good mood in oneself. Three, practice meditation and stress releasing techniques. It releases the mind and the body. And number four, says Martin, exercise if at all possible. Thank you. And that's from Martin. Thanks for that, Martin, and stay safe. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Doctors can save hundreds of lives during this pandemic, but you can save thousands. We are making a massive national effort, and yes, it is going to take us longer. But the hard days you've already put in are putting us in a much better place than we had feared. And hard days for a bit longer are so worth it for better days ahead. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. Just spotted a text while I had Johnny Hannan on talking about how he's surviving the COVID-19 pandemic and the Hogan's and I think it's Beebens, Beams in Kilavodden wants to wish Johnny all the best and says he is a gentleman and uh, stay safe and so say all of us. Thank you for that. Now there's plenty of evidence to show how singing is not only good for our brain but for our general well-being. So to talk about a unique programme set up by the Crystal Project in Mallow called singing for the brain is the musical facilitator and that is Fiona Flavin. Good morning to you Fiona. 
Hi, hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well and you're welcome to the programme. Now, you've had to adapt because of COVID-19, but tell me a little bit about the programme and how it operated before this pandemic. Yeah, so we started Singing for the Brain in 2015, as you said, with the Crystal Project. And I was approached by the community project led there for dementia um, in the North Cork Occupational Therapy Department in particular. And they asked me to kind of lead six or so music sessions just to pilot the idea um, so that it would be sociable and enjoyable for those with dementia and Alzheimer's and their carers and friends and family to get involved as well. So it started in 2015 and it's kind of snowballed. Um, so from there, I was approached by some community health workers, uh, Jacinta McCormack and Brendan Scahill, who've been integral um, in the development of the programme. And this led to further support and investment from Cork Kerry Community Healthcare. Uh, and it's brought us to seven groups this current day across Cork City and County. Well, isn't so, that yeah. fantastic? And how often yeah. would the groups meet? So they meet once a week okay. in their respective areas and they, they come together um, in song, in story, in poetry, in jokes, <laughs> in all sorts of um, expression in a shared space. And it's for dementia patients, Alzheimer patients and their carers? Yeah, and it's open as well. We don't really tie it down um, in that sense. I suppose the original... Uh, group project was hoping to you know it was a dementia led project so it was hoping to involve people with dementia and Alzheimer's but we open it to everybody you know um, anybody who has an interest or uh, enjoys song uh, we open it to them as well So obviously with the lockdown those weekly Mm. meetings can no longer happen happen. so you decided to go online Yeah so a couple of weeks ago our steering group kind of got together and had our own Zoom session to try it out and we said you know what this could definitely work um so I was quite nervous. Obviously, it's a very, very different experience. Um, and I was kind of getting scripts with the Zoom app myself through teaching. Um, so we said, look, let's give this a go. And we have an incredible team who then went out and supported all of these people with kind of getting scripts with the technology, um, explaining downloading the app and, you know, using your phone or tablet or laptop or whatever you have available to you. But it's actually, it's very, very straightforward. It's a case of having that app, being sent a link, opening the link and there you are we're all connected um, so it's been fabulous it's been incredible Yeah I think Zoom has been one of the real success stories of the pandemic everyone's yeah. taken it it's, it's, it's fantastic for families uh, as well and you're now hoping to have an extra session on a Wednesday Yeah yeah, so basically the sessions we've been having so far for our current members who can't meet anymore, um, but it's been such a huge, huge success that we're hoping now to open it up to more people. So we're hoping to begin on the 6th of May. Um, it's at 2.30pm. And as I said, just laptop, tablet or smartphone. And the Searing Group have put together a step-by-step guide. So it's very straightforward to get set up. And they've also been liaising with Cork ETB who are supporting the initiative and have resource workers in all areas offering online telephone support. Um, so yeah, we'll hopefully send out the link in advance and get some new members on and get some more people singing. And is any singing experience required? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. And the beauty is you can log on and you can mute your screen. So you can sit there with your cup of tea and whatever you want to do and just enjoy the music. There's no pressure at all. And you can sing along. We all love to sing in our kitchens, that's for sure. And exactly. what, what, what type of songs do you sing? It's kind of a range of eras and genres. Um, but the idea, I suppose, um, with the benefits of singing is that you know, musical memories are preserved kind of well into Alzheimer's disease and other types of dementia. So those key areas in the brain that are linked to musical memory are relatively undamaged by the disease. So for those people 
you know, it's a really unique way for them to communicate and connect when a lot of other doors might be closed. So we kind of try and tune into the music of their life, of their eras, of their their past, really. So, so yeah, so you're dependent on the age group of the group to decide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and we take that on board and kind of design the programme around that. Yeah, and I know, I think, you know, we've all at some stage seen on, probably on social media, on the, on the internet, you know, stories of patients with Alzheimer's or dementia who maybe haven't haven't spoken for many, many months and suddenly will, will sing perfectly, oh, word for word. It's, it's incredible. And I've experienced that in my own work over have recent you? years. And I've, I've worked with patients who have are completely nonverbal, really, but would sing a verse or a bar oh. or whatever it may be with me. And that connection that you can't, you can't put it into words, it's really, really special. And for their friends and family members as well, as you can imagine, they just come to life and, and yeah, yeah there's no words to describe that's it really. It's truly magical and that's that's yeah. the power of music. That really exactly, is, is the power exactly. of music. Okay, so how can people make contact, uh, Fiona? Yeah, so they can contact our administrator, Mary Flynn, at Formoya Resource Centre and she is on 87 or they can email singing for the brain, and that's the number four at gmail.com. And we also have a Facebook page where I'll post all the updates. Um, singing for the brain, Ireland. So, and the one thing about yeah. these Wednesday afternoon sessions, uh, you can be anywhere. Uh, you yes, can be anywhere in the exactly. country or anywhere in the world and take part, yeah, which, which is absolutely. brilliant. We wish yeah. you good luck with it, Fiona. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thanks and so much for having no me. No problem. Thanks for telling us about Thanks. it. Bye bye. Singing for the brain is that something you'd like to get involved with? Why not give it a go? 1850 John Paul and Sadie taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Catch up with a lot of your commentary coming in this morning. We'll catch up with all of those texts and calls. We'll do that after 12 today. Let's take a break though and head to the newsroom for news at 12 midday. Court today on C103. With Mallow College. Now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Get weekly news event updates and community information from across Cork with our regional reports on c103.ie From Bantry to Buttevant to Hallow to Dunmanway and every area in between we've got it covered. To listen go to c103.ie and click regional reports or download the C103 app and click podcasts Regional reports only on C103 Every couple has a story of how they met. My mum met my dad at school uh, in detention. My best friend met his wife at a club through a friend of a friend. And my boss met her fiancé after they got chatting online. Find someone to share your story with at c103dating.ie. 24% of Irish people have tried online dating and one in five relationships begin there. At c103dating.ie, we have genuine nice people that would like to meet you. Begin your story today by registering for free at c103dating.ie. COVID-19 is a major public health emergency here in Ireland and around the world. It's having a big impact on our communities and on our businesses. Businesses of all shapes and sizes, in every sector, in every county and in every part of our economy are suffering the effects of the crisis. National and local government and all relevant state agencies are working together to help Ireland's business community get through this emergency. A major new package of support is now available that includes help with cash flow, help for our small and medium-sized businesses and help for businesses to plan for the long term. You can call the Cork North Local Enterprise Office on 022 
43235 or go to gov.ie to find out about the tailored business supports for individual sectors. For all information on how Ireland is responding to the COVID-19 emergency, visit gov.ie. Supported by the Government of Ireland. The World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. After I'd done all the DIY jobs, he was very impressed. So now you can get a new stove for the front room. Topline Burton's and Euronics Electrical Store Canturk have a great selection of wood pellet stoves in stock. While you're there, get the tiles for the kitchen, washing machine and stock up on coal and blocks for the winter. For great DIY tips and ideas, it has to be Topline Burton. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. John in Coombe was on to us with a memory and he's trying to find out some information. He says he remembers he used to shop in Supervalue in Clonakilty. He reckons it was about 10 years ago that they sold what he describes as the most amazing apple tarts, the best he has ever tasted. Now, his memory tells him these, these apple tarts were made by some company or someone in Bandon. But he doesn't know the name of the company or if that company is still producing these wonderful apple tarts. And he's asked us to give it a shout out to see if anybody knows a company who 10 years ago, and maybe, please God, that they're still producing fine apple tarts today. They just don't happen to be selling them in Supervalue and Charleville anymore. Does that ring a bell with anyone? A company in the Bandon area making the most scrumptious apple tarts that at one stage were certainly supplying to stores in North Cork. If anybody can help us with that, please do. Because John is obviously in lockdown and is dreaming of those apple tarts that he used to buy, he reckons, about 10 years ago. 1850. 333103. Mick in Mallow was on to say, could you please ask people who are bringing items to the bottle bank that if the bottle bank is full, will they return please with their bag of bottles or their boxes of bottles and cans and don't leave them in the car park? He says the reason he's drawing our attention to it is the bottle bank at the car park in Mallow is full at the moment obviously a lot of people were using it over the weekend and I don't know when it's due to be collected Uh, but he said only this morning he saw a lady who just left her bags with all of the bottles in it and he said it just looks so unsightly just leave them in the car and I know it's hugely inconvenient I have a couple of bags that I wanted to put into the Vincent de Paul it's the one I always use, the Vincent de Paul, you know, the bins for the clothes because we know that it goes directly to St. Vincent de Paul. Some of the other clothes banks, I'm always a bit suspicious as to how much the charity actually gets out of it. Whereas we know with the Vincent de Paul one and they regularly collect them as well. And I have two bags in the car, but when I passed on my way to work, I pass the particular bin I used and I could see somebody had left a bag 
outside so I knew then it was full so I just drove on and I'll try it again tomorrow morning on the way away to work uh, and that's what we need to do but please don't leave them because what happens is if you leave your bag of whatever it is for recycling somebody else comes along and thinks oh, isn't that a great idea sure I'll just leave my bag there as well and then suddenly before you know 20 people have, have done it and it does look very unsightly uh, Mick in Mallow is right so glad to give that a mention please and we're, we're all recycling more because I think people were all drinking more. I know that's something we're hoping to be dealing with tomorrow on the programme. Certainly the off-licence trade has gone through the roof with the pubs closed. That, of course, is leading then to more home drinking, more bottles, more cans. And people are doing their bit, in fairness to them, going to the bottle bank. But we need to allow for days when you go to the bottle bank and the bottle bank is full. And please bring them home with you. John in Mallow is, works with a, or is a private contractor. He's making the point that they can't go out to work, can't do painting jobs or any kind of work at the moment. Yet, He's noticed that Cork County Council are still out uh, working. He thinks it's unfair as he thinks some of the work that the council is doing, he deems that it's not essential work. And he feels one rule for Cork County Council and councils all over the country and another rule for private contractors. He said that is not uh, fair. Rob then, remember Rob contacted us earlier by text and Rob said that he hoped there's a high court challenge going on to to say that the lockdown that the government have put in place is unconstitutional and there's, there's a high court case going on at the moment and he's hoping that that high court case is successful because he wants to get out of his house and he wants this lockdown to end and I kind of said I don't know where you're coming from on this but it's been done for all of our benefits and it's been done to keep everybody safe I know he was back again with another comment uh, saying if this lockdown stays in place much longer there'll be no money to pay the frontline staff and the pensioners their Christmas bonus the country has to open up again regardless of the consequences says Rob we'll have to live with this illness for a long long time so what you're saying Rob is that you want to put the economy over people's lives that's basically what you're saying to hell with the consequences people will die and should probably Rob it's only going to be older people or vulnerable people or people with underlying health conditions sure we might as well let them die is that basically what you're saying you're saying that in order that we open up the economy again and get everybody back uh, to work I hope that there is nobody that you know or love, Rob, that is an older person or has an underlying health condition. And I hope that COVID-19 never reaches your doorstep or the doorstep of your loved ones, because that's basically what you are wishing to everybody else with your train of thought. And Mary in Mallow uh, is, a, is on the same hymn sheet as me when it comes to Rob and says we're all locked down for our own safety. If Rob thinks it's otherwise, then lock him up says Mary in Mallow. If people are not listening to the government after three weeks, maybe it's time to head out, round them all up and lock them up and teach them all a lesson. If we keep going with the way we're going, we're going to end up with a lockdown like they had in Spain when nobody was allowed outside uh, the door. It was only the essential workers. I think one person per household once a week, I think, was allowed out to shopping. And yesterday, for the first time in six weeks, Spanish children were allowed outdoors. One parent was allowed out with them and they were allowed out for one hour period and then they all had to be back indoors again. And I have friends of mine living in Spain and they just said the excitement. I have one particular 
family that I know they have two little boys and they've kept those two little boys in for six weeks because it's been so devastating in Spain and, and they know that they have to, have to do it and people are keeping children indoors because we know that if children pick up COVID-19 many of them don't even get symptoms or if they do they get very mild dose of coronavirus but they're doing it to protect others and doing it to protect vulnerable people and Mary is right if we don't heed the warnings and if we don't play ball and live by the rules and the restrictions that are put in place we could end up in a situation where our restrictions would even be more severe than they are at the moment and God knows uh, nobody wants that. Hi, would you play a request please for Danny Sheehan in Goline? He's 14 today. His cousin JJ in England was on once to wish him all the best. Happy birthday. That is Danny Sheehan in Goline. And there's another request in for someone who has a special birthday today. Bunty O'Regan in Clonakilty. I'm told, Bunty, you have a significant birthday today. So I'm unsure whether it's your 21st birthday, maybe your 25th birthday. But all of your friends in the girls Wednesday morning coffee group want to wish you all the best. And they say they are hoping that we can celebrate properly very, very soon. So happy birthday to Bunty O'Regan with a significant birthday today. We hope you have a lovely, lovely day. Margaret in McCroom says, well done to the core curlers for raising that amazing sum of money for Marymount Hospice. Wasn't it incredible? Wasn't it just in, in incredible? And I'm, I'm so thrilled because we had them on the programme on Friday just to try and give them a little bit of publicity but it's a staggering sum for a wonderful organisation. Wonderful organisation that is Marymount. Tim was on to say last weekend the road outside of his house between Carrick Tuhill and Watergrass Hill traffic was worse than it's been in the last eight weeks. He said definitely complacency has set in and uh, people are just I know people are getting fed up with it and people are just deciding I'm sure if somebody else is doing it I might as well do it and that's always my fear when complacency sets in. If if someone sees someone else breaking the rules it's gosh if they're doing it it's okay for me to do it but then the knock on effect is somebody else sees you doing it that must be okay then it must be okay and before we know it we have roads really busy again and we'll have parks full and we'll have the beaches full that's why this weekend big clampdown by the Gardaí because they really do not want people to go anywhere near their holiday homes um, okay also coming into us let me look at some of your whatsapps that are coming in um, where are we here with this one Patricia we think we are doing well dealing with COVID-19 with almost 1,100 deaths in a population of 5.5 million compare this to New Zealand with a population of 4 million and just 19 deaths it puts our position into perspective stay safe to everybody please at uh, C103 and what did New Zealand, New Zealand do? They locked up the country and they locked it up very very quickly indeed they certainly are one of the poster poster childs of the all of the countries around the world um, for how they how they have managed it but we're still you know I won't knock what we've done in this country because we've still done well I mean we have way I mean over a thousand deaths and they're not statistics they're family members they're somebody's much loved mother father uh, granny granddad aunt uncle cousin sister brother you know behind every one of those statistics was a human being who who loved and was loved and we must never ever forget about that uh, for sure. 1850 Patricia, Tom here just to comment on distancing and people adhering. Well, I passed through Butterfant a fair bit the last week and to be fair, the people living there are complying well by the looks of things. Some are out, yes, and they're standing and having chats in the street but they're well apart 
Yes, I've been through places. I've seen lots of cars full, just like you were talking about earlier in the past week. And we didn't, when the lockdown started first, I noticed that when you were out driving, there'd be one person in the car. So you're thinking, that's it. They're out for their whatever the essential, they're either going to work or it's, they're, they're making the essential trip but certainly across on um, Saturday and I was only out on Saturday I could not get over every single car I seemed to pass or was beside me at the car in, in traffic had lots of people lots and lots of people in the car which is it's not what the restrictions allow for Jim and Balancholy question please on the fuel allowance at Easter when we received two weeks payment I only got I got one payment short on my fuel allowance it wasn't reimbursed this week do you know is it due to be paid at some stage or is it cocooning like the rest of us says Jim well I'm told with the fuel allowance people who got it weekly it, it was to be paid you get the extra four weeks fuel allowance in the next two payments from the April the 13th on and the idea is that everyone will have the full payment of the fuel allowance by Friday the 8th of May. So I don't know how it's been divvied up but uh, Jim and Bellancolic you will certainly have it by Friday the 8th of uh, May. We were talking about abuse at the some of our shop workers are experiencing. Eugene Scally sharing his story this morning. Texter says Hi I work in security and the abuse we get is out of this world. We are just doing our job and we shouldn't have to put up with that kind of abuse but we do get it on the front line all of uh, the time. Isn't that just absolutely uh, scary? And Eileen says, Hi Patricia, to be honest, I thought there would have been a better improvement in the figures of positive cases for COVID-19. I feel so sorry now for people in nursing homes and residential centres. Definitely a major mistake by Neffet and the government. Also, the Gardaí would want to move their checkpoints. There's a lot more traffic on minor roads. People are turning off the main Cork Road, for example, and taking the side roads to get to and from Mallow and Cork or Formoy and Cork. There are people walking on the roads that are complete strangers in the area where I live. They're parking out of town and then trotting on. By the way, says Eileen, I live four kilometres from Mallow. So we would know everyone within the two kilometres. And they're seeing people who don't live in that area at all. And we're asked to, we can go out and exercise if you're under 70 but you need to keep within the two kilometre zone. Why, says another texter, are people saying children are carriers of the virus? I thought everyone is a carrier. Yeah, everyone has a potential to be a carrier but I think what they have discovered, not just in this country, in all in all countries, that ch- vectors, I think was the word that, were, that was being used for children. Children can have COVID-19 and would show absolutely no symptoms but they're carrying the virus whereas for the majority of adults and older people, you'll get the coronavirus and then you'll start to display symptoms and then you will become unwell with it. With children, they don't get any the symptoms for some reason. They don't know why. It's in very rare cases that a child will get very bad symptoms of coronavirus. So that's the danger of leaving children out and about in areas where maybe they don't quite understand the social distancing. They can be carrying the virus without their parents. I mean, nobody would deliberately bring a child out in public if they thought they had coronavirus. But the problem is that some children can have it and you would be totally unaware that uh, they have it. And Tess says, Hi Patricia, a lot of people have been interviewed 
who've come out the other side of uh, COVID-19 and they're not asked how or where do they think they picked it up? Could it be in the air? Uh, says Tess, no, it's definitely been ruled out that it can't, well, it can be in the air, airborne, if you're with somebody, if you're standing with somebody who sneezes or coughs, that's how it ends up in the air, but it lands on surfaces or it lands on you. Then in fairness, anybody that I've interviewed who's recovered from COVID-19, including Mary Lou MacDonald, uh, president of Sinn Féin only last week, I'm always asking, where do you think you picked it up? And everyone that I've interviewed so far that's recovered from COVID-19 are all scratching their heads saying they've absolutely no idea. Remember that young man who was on, was it last week as well from Cork City? He reckons the only place he had been was the supermarket. He was, he's, he doesn't know for sure, but he feels it might have been in a supermarket. He picked it up. But Mary Lou, scratching her head, she's no way of knowing where or how she got it. Her husband came down with it after her, but then her two sons in the house didn't get it um, at all. So she's baffled as to how uh, she got it. Um, so I think it's very rare for somebody who actually picks up COVID-19 who, unless they are directly living with somebody who is COVID positive, are their contact traced because they met somebody who's COVID positive. But most people, when they get it, really don't know uh, how they've picked it up. And Porrick in Glamworth wants to raise an issue. He said this current lockdown is having a much bigger effect on businesses that are trying to trade online. I came across two, for example, over the weekend. I was trying to buy ink for my printer, but the company I went with out of stock and uh, delivery and now say they can't deliver until at least after May the 5th. Another one is Jack and Jill. They sell Irish made candles, but again, out of stock. I assume the stock is out because the supplier isn't an essential business and thus not working. This will have a big knock-on effect on all types of businesses, Porrick in Glamworth. And anyone who has taken to shopping online will know there's very little next-day delivery because in a lot of cases they'll take the order from you and then you'll, you'll there might be a delay and you'll find out that they don't actually have it in stock. They're waiting to get it back in in stock. But that's 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 a worldwide issue as well. It's not just an issue here in Ireland. 1850-333-103. John Paul and Sadie taking your calls. We're looking in particular for your questions for Annalise Dressel, our nutritional therapist. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Now, as we know, the Darkness Into Light fundraising event for Pieta House, obviously that can't go ahead uh, this year. But what they're instead asking people to do, they want people to support their Sunrise event on Saturday, the 9th of May, which was to be the date for this year's Darkness Into Light. So they're asking people to share a sunrise moment at 5.30am on the morning of Saturday, the 9th of May. And you use the hashtag DIL, Darkness Into Light, DIL 2020. And then you can donate at darknessintolight.ie or you can visit www.pietahouse.ie to continue to show your support for the work of Pieta House that I imagine is more in need now than ever before. Uh, if you have a medical or a healthcare background and would like to help and offer your skills at a hospital, a nursing home or a daycare centre, you're asked to contact Red Chair Recruitment on 064 
And for listeners who are cocooning at the moment and need physiotherapy advice, you can contact Carberry Physiotherapy free of charge. They also post a list of HSE validated exercises on the Carberry Physiotherapy Facebook page and to encourage older people to maintain mobility. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The Chihuahua store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions, email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, produced purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. Now, with fundraising so difficult in the current crisis, lots of people are coming up with imaginative ways of making money for good causes. One that caught our attention is a fundraiser that is ongoing as we speak for the Nile Mellon Educate Project. And joining me, the young lady behind it, which is Leah Corkery from uh, Drumaham. Good afternoon to you, Leah. Hi, Patricia. How are you? <laughs> how, how are you doing? You've been living in a shack now for almost a week. Just explain why and how you came up with the idea for living in a shack. So how we came up with the idea for to live in a shack is a lady rang us because she always knows that we were good for our fundraisers. And they told us to try think outside the box. So then when I came out off the phone from the lady... I said, why don't I think inside the box instead of outside the box? So I put myself into the box. <laughs> and the shack you're living in would be similar to what people live in in the townships that you go over to in South Africa? Yes, they'd be very similar. Like, they're, there's not much inside them, just the bed and the small few bits that you need. They're, they're very, very similar. And people can watch you online? Yeah, we have it live on Twitch. It's been live that and I'm actually watching you in bed at the moment who's beside you in the bed who's trying to stay serious but has been giggling that's my little sister, Nicola. Oh, is it? Okay. So she's keeping you company. And I was yeah. wa- I was watching it all weekend. You, you're, you're, your whole family are in and out, are they? Yeah, my brother Dylan and my dad, they're staying in the van just off the camera just to make sure that we're okay in the night. And where is where did you build the shack? Um, We built it up in Kilbrin. My uncle, John, and my cousin, Jordan, and then my dad and my brother, Dylan, they, before them, built it. And it's it's galvanised, isn't it? Yeah. I on a warm sunny day, I imagine roasting hot inside. Oh yeah, it'd be roast. The first few days now we were very lucky with the weather. It was very very warm, but um, last night it was freezing. Was it? Yeah, the, yeah. That's the yeah. It'd be either too hot or too, or too cold. Too cold. What, yeah. What are you doing for cooking and for food? Um, we have a hot place outside. Kind of just, it's a bit like a barbecue, but. We're just cooking all our meals on that. Toilet and washing facilities? 
Uh, well, we only had a shower once, and that was just at our nana's house because she's living right beside where the shack is. Okay. And then we're just going to the toilet in in our uncle's office because. All right. Know, okay. That's okay. We'll yeah. allow you that. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll allow you that. Now, explain what you want to raise money for. You've you've got a specific idea in mind for the Nile Mellon Educate project. So, um, Mellon Educate, they're giving out food parcels to all the families that are in the Mellon Educate schools. And last week they gave out 10,000 food parcels and this week they're hoping to give out another 10,000. So they still need the money, the ongoing funds, for to make all these food parcels. And they're also putting the money towards sanitised packs for all the children when they come back to school. So it's not just going to one thing, it's going to a number of things for the children. But the food parcels, Leah, are important because these children normally are fed when they go to school. But because of COVID-19 restrictions, the schools are closed and that means these children go hungry. Yeah, they they wouldn't have as much food as when they're at home, you know, like during the summer or anything. Because when they're in school, that's when they get fed. They get two meals a day for going to school. You set a target of 10,000. Yeah. And you reached it last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, we're over the 10,000 now. I think we're nearly 10 and a half now. That's brilliant. And it's just been family, friends, people all over the country supporting you? All over the world, really. We had money from Australia and Belgium and everything. So we're just delighted with it. What's been the toughest part of the week? I think, I think kind of it being cold and not, you know, not being able to go into the hot bed during the night. Does it give you a sense of what life must be like for the people? Oh, in big yeah. time. It really, it really opened my eyes big time. Even though when I go over and I see it, we're just seeing how they actually have to live. It's just totally different. Tell your sister to stop trying to distract you by handing you a mobile phone. <laughs> Tell her I can see her on the camera. <laughs> She's a typical younger sister, isn't she? She was bouncing around the bed a minute ago. Uh, and, and Camille, what, what are you hearing from the townships? Has COVID-19 hit them? Oh, big time, yeah. It's hit them very hard over there. They wouldn't have the sanitation that we have or social distancing or... No, not at all, because there's thousands and thousands of shacks beside each other. Doesn't bear thinking about it really, doesn't. Do you hope to go back to Cape Town when the pandemic is all behind you? Hopefully next year now because we won't be able to travel at all this year. So hopefully now next November we'll be able to go over. Please God, please God. And when we last spoke to you, which I think was just before Christmas, around October, you were collecting the soft toys and you got oversubscribed on that one. Oh yeah, that was it. Went a bit mad. That's it. <laughs> and did you manage to get them all out to the children? A lot yeah, of them. Yeah, we sh- we shipped them all out, so every single one of them ended up going out. Okay, well done. Okay, so you're staying in the shack for how long more? We're here to, until tomorrow. Okay, one one more day to go, and then you can go home to your own warm bed and a, and a decent shower. Um, how can people donate, Leah? Um, we have a link. It's on. Everyday Heroes or you can search it's on Facebook on my Facebook or else on the Teddy Bears trip to South Africa it's on that one as well Okay Leah you're inspirational as always well done uh, to you stay safe and uh, we'll talk again soon 
thanks very much, Patricia. Okay. Would you be able to play one song as well? And just for everybody, just to thank them for helping us to get the 10,000. Any song at all? And will you play Total Africa? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I get I get John Paul working on that. And if I can't get to it today, I promise you I'll play it tomorrow. <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay. Thanks very much. Okay, Sarah. mind yourself. Mind yourself. And a great song as well, Total Africa. Bye bye. That is Leah uh, Corkery, who's doing the most incredible fundraising for the Mellon uh, Educate the Nile Mellon Educate project. She's just she's what young when young people decide to get involved and do something. I just thought it was just very imaginative to live in a shack, not the easiest thing uh, to do. So well done to this Leah Corkery from Drumahan. As I say, if you go onto her Facebook page, you can actually see her. There's a stream of it and uh, streaming um, I think it's day and night because I saw her last night as well inside in the the shack it's uh, terrific Um, and helping out those way less fortunate than ourselves in Cape Town for sure 1850 333 103 and thank you to somebody on the tarts (laughs) listener what was was the name of the listener who contacted us about the tarts I get so many texts in and John and Croom sorry John I nearly forgot your name Uh, John and Croom was on uh, with a memory of an apple tart that he used to get in Charleville super value in Charleville about 10 years ago he's convinced the tarts were made somewhere in Bandon and he's wondering do they still make those tarts and where are they available Someone was on to say those apple tarts, they're handmade tarts and they're made by Bandon Country Market. They also do a gluten free version. They're unbelievably popular. And I don't know who this texture is, but they said still getting queries even though they're closed at the moment. Okay, so it's Bandon Country Market is where John and Croom, that's what you'll be looking for when the pandemic is finished to get those absolutely they just sound gorgeous melt in the mouth uh, apple tarts okay we're going to take a break and we're back with Annalise Drissel answering all of your nutritional questions Cork today on C103 millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Ballon College joining us. Good afternoon to you, Annalise. 
Good afternoon. And you're very welcome. And there are lots and lots of questions in. Let's see if we can get through as many of them as possible. Teresa says, hi, uh, Annalise. Could you suggest something for sinus problems? It's an ongoing issue. I've tried lots of things. My head and nose can feel blocked up. My ears can get stuffed up at times. Uh, And then there can be, I can have phlegm in my throat in the morning and a bit of a wheeze at times. I am eating lots of wild garlic and wondering would that be of any help with sinus issues, says Teresa. Well, the wild garlic is wonderful because it's so nutritious. Um, But generally with sinus, Patricia, if you've got an ongoing sinus problem, um, and if it's the same all year round, it can be an indication of an intolerance to something that you're eating. If you get sinus throughout the winter, maybe it's a mould allergy. And then if it's only during the summer months, it's more, maybe most likely to be hay fever. So the body will produce mucus in response to an allergy or an intolerance. And a lot of people would blame dairy for that type of mucus buildup if you have it year round. So a lot of people, I think I even find, um, Patricia, with dairy, cheese, I feel quite caught up after it. So um, that could be the issue. So start taking a look at your environment and your diet. Like even a small bit of mould in the house, you know, a small little bit of black mould growing, if you're highly allergic, could be a problem. And there's a lot of people are allergic to mould. So in terms of managing it then, um, it's good to take herbs that will dry up mucus. And they would be things like ivy, thyme, um, berberry is another one. Dr. Delish Clare actually used to do a wonderful one, which was called congestion blend. Now, she doesn't do the herbal tincture anymore, but she does do a congestion tea that has the same herbs in it, but milder. And a lot of my customers would find that this is great for just keeping the sinuses clear. Another thing to do as well is to put a couple of drops of tea tree or organo oil into a bowl of boiling water and then plop a towel over your head and do an inhalation. And that oregano gets right up into the sinus cavities, clears them out and will kill off any bugs. So it's good for preventing sinus infection. Okay, a couple of people on are recovering from shingles. Looking for advice, please. Yeah, a lot of shingles really made um, a a reappearance this spring, Patricia. Lots of my customers came in after a bout of it. So after shingles, your immune system is probably quite low and your energy levels are quite low. So the Source of Life Gold is a great tonic just to give you a great overall boost. It's full of vitamins and minerals, but there's hundreds of different superfoods in there. So you get mushrooms to boost the immune system. You get stuff for other stuff for immune system, for liver support, for cleansing, for energy, for balance, for brain health. So it's a great overall tonic if you're feeling a little bit low. And then if you feel that you have still, um, you know, if you still feel immune-wise that you're a bit low, of course, at the moment, I'm recommending everybody takes um, vitamin D still, even though I always say clock change to clock change in the current times with the coronavirus, continue taking your vitamin D. Zinc and um, vitamin C, the three of those are really good to support your immune system. And then particularly good antivirals would be things like elderberry extract or there's another thing called monolaurin, which actually is isolated from cow's uh, milk and it's a very, very powerful natural antiviral. So if you feel your immune system is struggling to shift the last of the shingles, um, you could use... um, either one of those to boost your immune system's antiviral fighting capability. And then if the skin is tender and sore, I'm a big fan of the Dr. Delish Clare healing cream because there's things in there for the um, for the nerve pain as well, you know, that um, will comfort the nerve pain like St. John's wort and then stuff, of course, if the skin has become broken and dry. Okay, Mary and Domanway, swollen ankles at night. What would be the cause of it and any suggestions? 
So that's probably a kind of a build-up of um, fluid from the day, Patricia. And one of the best things really to do is to do a foot bath with some Epsom salts or magnesium in there and to elevate the feet. Um, other things that are good for helping um, to get rid of water retention would be drinking um, a, a tea like that supports the kidneys like dandelion and burdock, nettle tea. They're all wonderful for helping um, uh, with water retention. Or you could also take a magnesium and a potassium supplement. Make sure you take them combined. You should never take potassium in a high dose. Uh, so a magnesium and potassium uh, supplement combined is very good just to shift that water. But I think if it's just every now and then, the magnesium salt bath and elevate the feet is the best way. Michael, in Blackpool suffers from glaucoma. He's taking a supplement um, and he uses a regular eye drops. He's taking a supplement called Lutein Plus and Viridian Range. From the Viridian Range, he's wondering, is there any other supplement he should be taking? Yeah, that's a lovely one for the health of the eye overall. And it's also very good to prevent macular degeneration, which we were talking about last week. But another one that's lovely for glaucoma, Patricia, are the omega-3 fish oils because they help to reduce the pressure behind the eye and that's one of the big issues with glaucoma. So get a high-strength one. Um, There's a couple of very good brands, but what you're looking for is a combination of the EPA and the DHA that would make up 1,000 milligrams. So a couple of the brands that you'd be able to get that concentration would be the Unocardio is one, WHC Unocardio, it's called. Another one is um, the Nordic Naturals Oil. You can take it as an oil or as capsules. And some of the Wiley's supplements are very good because they'll also have things in there to support the eye health, like lutein. So you could get a Wiley's one that will do both jobs. Okay. Hi, this is from Norma. My son has asthma. He is on an inhaler, but he's a hard cough, especially in the morning. What would you recommend? Um, so I don't know how old the son is now, but with, with children, Patricia, you have to be quite careful of, of the supplements that you use. So something like mullion and marshmallow is lovely for a hard cough. Um, you could buy marshmallow as a tea. You can buy it separately as a herb and you can brew a tea out of it. Now, you could mix it with apple juice to make it more palatable for a young child. Um, or you can Vita do a range of mullion and marshmallow cough bottles or cough syrup and they're very, very soothing. And again, Dr. Claire does um, a clear-away tea or a, a sinus blend tea that will all have soothing herbs in there for the mucous membrane and that will be great for a hard cough for a child. Okay, staying with children, high analyses. What's the best supplement for a teenager who has a fracture and torn ligaments in his arm and he's due, due to be doing the leaving cert, so he needs to be well? Anything to help oh, with? God love them with the leaving cert. It's hard at the moment. Uh, yeah, so, and especially with nobody knowing for sure when and how it's happening. happening yeah. yeah, Very badly managed. So um, I think definitely for the broken bone, I always recommend the vitamin C because... Um, you're likely to be getting plenty of calcium in the diet. Make sure that you're eating yogurt, sesame seeds, chickpeas, lentils and soup. Hummus is a great way of getting good calcium into you and your green leafy veg like broccoli and cabbage. But vitamin C is harder to get in the diet and it's really important to make sure the bone heals with plenty elasticity so it doesn't become brittle. So take a vitamin C supplement. It'll be great for the immune system at the moment. And then there's a homeopathic remedy that's very good for torn muscles and tendons. It's called Rutagrava, R-U-T-A-G-R-A-V-A. You should be able to get it in any health shop and the instructions to take it will be on the pack and that's excellent for healing. 
muscle, torn muscle and torn tendon. Eileen says, hi Annalise, I'm on warfarin and romilia for blood pressure and a cholesterol tablet. What can I take for my immune system that won't interfere with the other drugs that I need to take? Okay, well the vitamin D definitely is safe and vitamin C and zinc. In actual fact, most of them, the main things that would interfere with those kind of drugs are other blood thinners. So you'd need to stay away from things like turmeric, uh, white willow, omega-3 fish oils. But anything like vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, olive leaf extract, the monolaurin I was speaking about earlier, elderberry extract, they're all safe to take. Okay, hi, this is from John. Any cure for eyes that are quite runny at the moment? Could that be hay fever? Sounds to me like a hay fever. So the uh, the one that, there's a couple of ones that work successfully and you might need to try, keep trying a few until you find one that is best for you. One of the ones I'd start with is the Polynosan, P-O-L-L-I-N, um, A-S-A-N, Polynosan. It's a homeopathic blend of different homeopathic remedies and it's very, very successful for people suffering from um, hay fever. The other thing that might be worth trying is stinging nettle. That's very good for uh, rhinitis. Or you can take a natural antihistamine like quercetin. Uh, quercetin is spelled Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N and it'll come in a blend generally with stinging nettle, with vitamin B5 and vitamin C because they would all be natural antihistamines as well. Joan has tingling in the tops of her fingers. She said it almost feels like frostbite. She does suffer from rheumatoid arthritis. Could it be related to that? It possibly could be, Patricia. Or it also sometimes, um, my fingers go quite numb. Um, and it's definitely, and, uh, my, when my neck is bad, it's a trapped nerve that I lose the, the feeling in the tips of my fingers and hands. Or it could, so if, if it could be that. Or the third thing it could be is something called Raynaud's disease. This is also another autoimmune disease. And it means that the tiny capillaries that feed the very tips of our extremities, our fingers and toes, they shut down in the cold. So they don't deliver any blood, therefore, to the, the fingertips and the toe tips. So they get very white and numb. So it could also be Raynaud's. And something, if it's a Raynaud's thing, something that I've found very successful in the shop is horseradish and garlic. It's by Viridian, that company, and it's great for improving circulation. Hawthorne is another wonderful one as well for anything to do with tiny veins and capillaries for the health of those cells. And you can get that as a supplement or as a tea. And they'd all be safe with any rheumatoid arthritis medication as well. OK, we'll leave it there. Listen, look after yourself and we'll talk again Thanks, next Patricia. week. Take care. Bye bye. That's Annalise Drissel of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancholic. We spoke about singing for the brain earlier. Hi, Patricia. Delighted to hear Fiona on your programme today. I started going to the group Singing for the Brain in Bandon with my great friend, Bernadette, um, Bernadette McMahon. The group is getting bigger and we joke it is singing for the brain because everybody is enjoying it so much. It's a real highlight. Our organiser is Coletto Connor from St. Michael's Bernadette is really enjoying the Zoom sessions now. Would never have imagined that a few weeks ago. Thanks for highlighting the uh, initiative and that's from Margarita and thank you Margarita for taking the time out to contact us and I've also want to thank everybody in Kilbrin. A message in to say, could you say thank you to the ladies of Kilbrin who come around to those who are cocooning around midday on Sundays and it just is a great great treat for us. I swear there's just such amazing 
amazing unsung heroes out there. I think when all of this pandemic is over, we will be talking for many, many months about the people and the great work that people have been doing and helping people out and just people going above and beyond uh, the call of duty. Mary was on to say, Patricia, would you say well done to Rose in Barry Row Co-op who so efficiently does the home delivery service. She goes far beyond in making sure that the shopping is done so precisely and delivered with a smile. Well done to Rose. Your dedication isn't going unnoticed. And that's from Mary. Well done, Mary. And we'd been talking, we started the programme by talking about some of our shop workers getting abused. So it's nice to end on a really positive note like that and to know that people who do work in supermarkets that you are really, really appreciated by the vast, vast majority of us and continue to do the great work and stay safe because that's what it's all about. Thanks to Sadie and John Paul for taking your calls today. We are back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. Until tomorrow at 10, I'm Patricia Messenger. Look after yourselves and stay safe. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie We can make a difference to how our country comes through this and we can make the biggest difference of all by saving lives. So many of the things that make us proud to be Irish are in temporary suspension, our sociability, our warmth, our close and affectionate ties. But I've never been prouder to be Irish. In uncertain times, I've never been so sure of what we are all doing. We can do this. We can do this. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103.